Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. During the Last Supper, Jesus offered a cup of wine to his disciples to signify a new covenant with them. And after his disciples drank from the cup, Jesus then said something similar to what a Galilean would have heard from their own weddings. He said, But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The breaking of bread and offering of wine, these acts were to form a new union, a new promise meant to deliberately set in motion events of unimaginable importance. In fact, this might explain why later in the Gospel records, the disciples asked Jesus only when the events of the last days would take place and not why. Because as Galileans, they likely had already made the connection, especially given Jesus' first recorded miracle which took place in the town of Cana, when he turned water into wine at a Galilean wedding. The first miracle Jesus ever performed was at a wedding. And that wedding had the same cultural dynamic that Jesus was describing when he was explaining to his disciples about his soon return. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. We appreciate you guys so much. I'm excited to have Kevin Sorbo back with us again. You know him as an actor, producer, author, speaker, cultural commentator known for many of his TV and movie roles, Hercules, Legendary Journeys, also Let There Be Light, uh, The Girl Who Believes in Miracles, and uh, his wife is Sam Sorbo. We've had her on the podcast talking about homeschooling and uh, many of her books as well. Kevin, thank you for coming back on the podcast. My pleasure. Good to be here again, guys. Hey, thank you so much. We appreciate your voice in uh, Hollywood, and uh, we thank you for coming clean and just trying to be a light in a dark industry. But we're also thankful. I think I watched a recent interview with you, and you said you had done something like 60 films. So God's continuing to open doors for you, and we're very blessed. What do you have going on right now? I'm busy. I shot four movies last year, um, and uh, they all come out this year. So uh, actually, (laughs) one's a documentary called Eating with the Enemy, which I love this title. Uh, Unfortunately, it won't be ready at Easter, but Eating with the Enemy is about the, uh, the Last Supper. Uh, focus on the disciples. It's the same group of guys, Brent Miller's company that I did. Um, I narrated the, uh, it was the number one documentary for five months last year on Amazon. It's called Before the Wrath. It deals with the book of Revelation. So hmm. I highly recommend people to go to beforetherath.com and check it out. But I just, I got the Reagan movie coming out with Dennis Quaid. It'll be out this uh, late spring. Um, Dennis Quaid plays the, um, the president. I play his pastor. Wow. And then um, I've got one I just finished directing for those people that know the Left Behind books. There was 80 million copies sold of those books. And I uh, just directed and acted in it. And we had a great cast. And uh, I just did my third edit. And it's going to come out at Easter. It's called Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist. So it deals with the post-rapture. And... Um, it's uh, it's going to be pretty pretty cool, and then finally, Miracle in East Texas is coming out. So <laughs> it's about time that movie about time that movie came out. I mean, COVID in 2020 killed any kind of release, of course, and mm-hmm. then we decided to do a, a couple of reshoots on it and a re- new edit. So uh, it's more really kind of up to date, even though it's a 1930 movie. But we just saw a couple places that we thought needed uh, a couple scenes put in. So uh, hopefully, that'll be out uh, late spring as well. How about Sam? Have you guys been working together? Or I know you're very uh, powerful yeah. individually, but what have you been doing together, projects? She she was in, well, she's in Miracle in East Texas, of course, has an amazing job in it. She had a, uh, she had a little role in uh, the, um, the Left Behind movie, as did my son. But uh, like I said, we had a great cast in there. We got Neil McDonough in there. He, he was just fantastic in there. And uh, we, I don't know, it's going to be, 
it's a it's it's a really more gritty kind of left behind compared to the other ones that they've done before with um Nicholas Cage and also with um um oh my gosh my mind is on blank and I should know his name uh, <laughs> but but uh it's uh I, I feel I feel pretty good about this one because it's going to appeal to a lot of different people it's not it's not like an in your in your face sort of faith based movie it's just, it deals with a grittier, darker world now that uh, all the Christians have been taken and the rapture and uh, what's left on earth. So um, we follow you on Twitter, of course, and uh, social media clout hub. And you, like many of us, have been dealing with uh, censorship, cancel culture, whatever you want to call, call it. It's sure. re- really it's communist policy, uh, silencing the opposition, right, and putting out your propaganda. Um, what have you experienced in the last, well, since we talked to you last, which I think was about six months ago? Well, LinkedIn just took me down again for another another month. LinkedIn? Uh, yeah. Well, they're, they they don't they're, they're pretty much like all the rest of them. You know, uh. well, they have their they have their trolls, and if you don't adhere to uh, the narrative of mainstream media and the 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 fear that the main that the government wants to put into all of us, um, they they want to attack you. Freedom of speech is gone. I mean, I don't think we've ever been a free country in terms of total freedom of speech but boy as you know in the last 10 years it's just imploded and gotten crazy with the woke culture and cancel culture and you know these are just a small group of people as far as i'm concerned i think the vast majority of people want want freedom of speech but you know these are these little people that hate themselves hate their lives look in the mirror every morning and don't like who they are so the old adage misery loves company comes into play with these people and they want to suck all this right down in the black hole that they live in but uh, it's you know I, I I battle with these guys. I, I emailed you know LinkedIn back a number of times. Facebook already took me down about eight months ago. Already complete ban. Wow. And it was, what's funny is most of the stuff I was talking about with mask wearing COVID, and you know the morbidity rates and all that kind of stuff. Now they're starting to admit that it's true. Well, maybe they did. maybe <laughs> their numbers are inflated. You know, so everything they took me down for eight months ago, and they're now saying, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's all about fear, right? Fear is an amazing weapon. And you still got, you know, I, I still firmly believe we got half the people in this country that are just, they're, they're sheep, and they just lock into it. And I always tell people, I'm not here to wake up the sheep. I'm here to wake up the lions and not be mm-hmm. afraid to voice yourself. Oh, you might lose your job. You might lose your friends. Well, tough. Then get a, get a different job and get new friends. They never your friends to begin with. I mean, Hollywood booted me out a dozen years ago from my point of view. And they're the ones who scream for tolerance the most, right? But, exactly. Uh, no, they gave me the boot, but that's fine. It opened up a better door for me anyway. Well, double standards, we've always known the preachers of tolerance have been some of the most intolerant of the conservatives, the Christians, those on the right. Hey, real quick, Kevin, uh, you retweeted something that your wife put out there to celebrate your anniversary, happy anniversary, uh, to celebrate marriage, a special Valentine's gift, she says, if you order the book, uh, True Faith before February 14th. You'll get a free DVD. Is that something you can share? Yeah, please go to SorboStudios.com, SorboStudios.com. All the information's on there. Any book you order from us, whether it's True Strength, True Faith, or all the home educational books Sam has, like They're Your Kids, um, we give out a free Let There Be Light DVD. Let There Be Light came out in theaters about three years ago. We're in theaters for about four months, did very well. It's a wonderful, touching, funny, uh, heartwarming uh, movie that uh, you know kind of leads right into Christmas as well, but it's not necessarily a Christmas movie per se. It's just a great movie about hope and love and redemption, things that are missing in the world right now. So SorboStudios.com will bring you right to the site. Any book you order, you'll get a free DVD of Let There Be Light. So we'll put that link in today's podcast post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. So SorboStudios.com. Um, Kevin, yeah. out of all the projects you've been working on, I know you, it's probably hard for you to keep up. Um, I, I hear that the budgets on some of your films, that they're increasing, and I'm sure Miracle in East Texas, that had to have been a, a massive budget. Uh, um, you're doing very well, and, and the messages that you put out, sometimes not blatantly Christian, but very important just to have some good uh, stories about redemption and, and truth and just freedom. Uh, so thank you for uh, all that you're doing. And uh, do you see any increase in faith-based films across the board? Yeah, I mean, I think that's been sort of Hollywood's sort of been waking up to it slowly since about the last 10, 11 years. Uh, my really first faith-based movie was called What If, which I think is a better movie than God's Not Dead. The same writers came out two years earlier. It just didn't get that word of mouth that you need out there in these movies that, that we do. But I hope people do check out What If. But here's the thing. I don't do big-budget movies. I do, you know, my movies are in a 3 to $5 million range. That sounds like a lot of money, but that's catering budget. 
on, you know, look at the Superman, American Spider-Man movie that's out right now. That's a $300 million movie, and they spent $100 million promoting it. Wow. We have to rely on word of mouth, and we we got to battle the culture that Hollywood is putting out there. I mean, and you know, Andrew Breitbart said a long time ago that politics is downstream from culture, and who runs the culture? Well, Hollywood does, and so mm. does the mainstream media. So we're battling these things with movies that have a positive message, movies about you know, just hope and faith. So, uh, you know, more than anything, what we need out there, once again, through SorboStudios.com, uh, we're trying to raise money just like Dallas Jenkins did in The Chosen. Yep. And, uh, you know, to make it not have to be in Hollywood's hands, but to be in the hands of the people out there that want movies that are positive and not negative. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And I've got four movies lined up this year. One is a documentary I'm shooting in Israel. I'm shooting a uh, very much like... Um, um, what's the, what's those Tom Hanks movies? The, um, the ones that he goes over to Italy. Oh my gosh. My mind this morning. <laughs> um, angel, angels and demons. That's and right. So that's I'm right. doing one right now. That's in that vein that we got three weeks left to shoot in London. And then I'm shooting a world war two uh, movie in Poland called Irina's vow. And then I've got a, a faith-based Western that I'm filming in New Mexico later this summer. Wow. Um, we had David A.R. White on a couple months ago talking about uh, God's not dead, pure flicks, have you met more believers that were either starting to be uh, heads of production companies, directors, producers, trying to get more quality films out there? Um, not really. I mean, I, I left Hollywood about three years ago in L.A. I live in Florida now. Thank mm-hmm. God I left three years ago. I left certainly at the right time. Yeah, and, um, my goodness. Left one of the worst governors in the country to the best governor in DeSantis. Yep, and uh, you know we've been open down here for about a year and a half. We're just, there's no mask mandate here, and we're doing just fine. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's just this whole thing is about fear, you know. But uh, I'm gonna keep doing the movies I'm doing. I've been talking to the governor here about opening up tax credits to make it more viable for people to shoot here because the number one state right now is Georgia, and they bring billions of dollars into their economy every year, creating jobs, filling up hotels, restaurants. I mean, um, yeah, you kind of go, well, why aren't they doing that in California? Isn't that where it is? But California won't even do it themselves. Everything they do is sort of the opposite of making the state grow. I mean, they've lost two seats in the Senate over the last two years and because people are just leaving in droves. I read in the last two years, 200 people a day are leaving L.A. County alone because people are fed up. Mm. So uh, I think we're reaching a good tipping point right now where people are saying enough is enough, always control of our lives. But like I said, uh, I, I think that uh, you know, you, the question you asked, I think more and more of these movies are going to be made because people want to do it. Why Hollywood doesn't do more of it is a mystery to me. But uh, I think it just shows you how much their ideology is so embedded in themselves not to do movies that have a positive message, which is weird and sad to me. But uh, I'm going to keep fighting the fight. Hey Amen. Thank you, brother, for doing that and your commitment. And uh, you're talented and you've got a lot going for you. And we appreciate your voice of truth. Um, fighting some of the big wigs out there, the big tech media conglomerate. But we talked yesterday with a guest, and you said something just a minute ago. Do you think the left has overplayed their hand? Have we have we reached that tipping point? And is that why there's more Christians, more conservatives? People seem to be either waking up or maybe more. The more of them are resisting. Have, have you seen that? Um, I, I think there's a slow wake up. I think a lot of people still once again live in fear. There's a lot of conservatives and Christians that I know in Hollywood, and yet they're afraid to speak up. Mm. You know, I did it, and they all, you know, behind closed doors, they go, "Man, good for you that you did that." And, but I mean, I got, I got to work. I got to work. Well, I said, "I'm, I got to work too." <laughs> I mean, I'm not making anywhere the kind of money I used to make on Hercules or my series Andromeda, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm doing movies now that, like I said, a new door is open to me when Hollywood showed me the door, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful to God for the things I'm able to do right now i get stopped all the time from people it used to be hercules or andromeda all the time now it's please make more movies like god's not dead and soul surfer and let there be light yes yes well then we need you guys to support them because trust me these movie theater owners they don't care what movies they show as long as they're they're big hits and they can sell a lot of popcorn and sodas Mm -hmm. so we need people to support these movies on opening weekend and then that way things will they'll stay in the theaters and people word of mouth hopefully will get out there so we have a couple minutes left with you, Kevin. Um, SorboStudios.com. You mentioned the last time we were on with you a couple new uh, media, social media outlets. Clout Hub was one of them. Where else can people track you down? Um, Clout Hub is a good place to go. Free Space is a good place to go. I'm on Locals now as well. I'm trying to get more involved in Locals. Um, I'm going to start my own podcast here on Faith X. Faith X is a new company coming out of Houston, Texas. Huh. 
And um, I'm just kind of doing more and more, you know, and I just want to get involved because that's obviously the way to go. I, I wish that I didn't lose my million point two million followers on Facebook. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I my Twitter account has been, you know, slowly building back up again. They were shadow banning me for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think I'm back up to over 700,000. At one time, I was well over a million. But, um, you know, it's, it's been growing a lot just in the last year alone. And uh, people are enjoying it. You know, I do very funny, sarcastic subtle little ones like one that was a big hit when i said you know you want to get rid of covid and tell the clintons that covid has something on them so uh you know <laughs> miraculously covid would commit suicide but anyway yeah yes. um, that's good <laughs> well we so appreciate your time kevin and we'll look forward to uh just the more movies coming out so the the very next one that people can uh, hear or watch find out more about uh what would that be um, it's going to be a, a, a mix between either Miracle in East Texas, okay, or it's going to be um, the um, uh, Left Behind movie, Left Behind Rise of the Antichrist, which I know for sure is coming out in uh, Easter. Did you shoot that up in Canada? I did. We shot up in Calgary, and the last day of filming was six degrees, and I'm so glad I left because when I got back to Florida, it was 85 degrees. Oh my goodness. Uh, God bless you. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist coming out. Miracle in East Texas. And you can get a lot more on Kevin Sorbo by going to sorbostudios.com. Brother, God bless you. Keep fighting the good fight. Thanks for your time today. Same. We'll, we'll talk. when the, I'll let you guys know when these movies are definitely coming out. We'll try to hit you up the week before they open. Sounds good. We'll talk to you then. God bless. Great. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Well, what a blessing, uh, man. I mean, someone that busy. I mean, he's talking about all these projects uh, that he's involved with, Travis, and, and that he's doing. And then he's got this coming out and only four films this year. And I'm going, and he's starting a podcast and he does his social media. Uh, and you know what, you guys? Um, there's not a lot of people in Hollywood like Kevin Sorbo that uh, are that active or at least vocal. Um, make sure you in, just encourage him. By it, well, you can pray for him first and foremost. Pray for him, but make sure that you are supporting what he's doing. Maybe go to the website, order a book, or, you know, take advantage of one of those deals with the book and DVD or whatever. Look up Sam Sorbo, a very powerful voice in the uh, in education, the homeschooling movement. So, uh, just what a power couple, man! It's it's just such a blessing, and uh, and we got his word on it, Travis. He said he's going to come back when when uh, the next one's coming out, or we can talk to him briefly on that. So, um, guys, we've got some other articles to cover that we didn't get a chance to do that uh, earlier this week. Uh, so when we come back, we'll do that. I'm not sure where we're at with uh, the time because I don't have it, but it, it's uh, okay, two minutes. Let's just take an early break, and we'll come back on Stand for the Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, friends, welcome back. Uh, we teased a lot of articles, la- I think, the end of last week and earlier this week that we did not have a chance to get to um, just because of the guests that we've had on. What a blessing and the quality of guests, man. Powerful testimonies, and uh, they are definitely fighting the good fight. Um, but I want to continue by going to this article by Star Parker over at American Family News, American Family Network, AFN.net. More government, less re- religion, the progressive doctrine. She says, as Americans allow themselves to be convinced that government is the answer to their lives, they become more likely to abandon faith and religion. It's interesting that one doesn't usually happen without the other. As people tend to rely on government more, whether that's based on fear, whether that's based on comfort or whatever it is, for whatever reason, they tend to abandon their faith and sometimes the Christian worldview out of necessity because you, you cannot fully support everything that government is do, does and is doing because it's a secular government. It's an anti-Christian worldview. But if you start relying on that government, then you're really not relying on God to meet all of your needs or to be your source, to be the one who gives you rights. God has given us rights, not government. Remember where your rights come from. Anyway, back to Star Parker. Uh, She says, um, uh, this provides light and principles for individuals to take control of their own lives. One great mystery is the persistent refusal of those on the left 
to abandon what is clearly not true. That is, that the means for reducing the burden of poverty is more government spending. Seems to me that's always their answer, right? Look at the education. More spending, more and more government spending, more spending. But in poverty, when you're talking about jobs, she says it really started in the 1960s under President Lyndon B. Johnson. He declared in his State of the Union address in 1964 an unconditional war on poverty in America, right? Despite tens of trillions of spending since then, poverty remains, and even it's even worse in many inner cities in America. The very people, those impoverished, those in our inner cities, the minorities that Lyndon Johnson and other liberal Democrats or Democrat socialists have promised to help, have promised to really in, do through their policies to help, but the money never gets to the need, does it? The money rarely ever, I shouldn't say never, the money rarely ever gets to the need, but boy, they're spending trillions. And she says, Star Parker says, worth recalling, is that the avalanche of government spending launched in the 1960s was followed in the 70s by runaway inflation. We now face the latest round of this misguided idea with the expansion of the child tax credit in the Build Back Better Act, right? What is Build Back Better? World Economic Forum, Biden administration, Build Back Better, communist policy. Um, Fellow Democrats are now all over the beleaguered Senator Joe Manchin for allegedly not caring about child poverty. Build Back Better would have increased the credit from $2,000 per child to $3,000. And particularly in a particularly destructive move, they detached any work requirement from receiving the child tax credit. And it goes on. But th- this is part of the problem here. More money is almost always part of the problem or makes the problem worse. So let's jump down toward the end of the article here. She says, as Americans allow themselves to be convinced that government is the answer to their lives, they become more likely to abandon faith and religion, which provide the light and principles for their life, which we mentioned at the very start of this article. But she says, new data from the Pew Research Center shows that the toll that secularization is taking on our country, according to Pew, 63% of Americans identify as Christians, compared with 78%. So we're talking about almost 80% in 2007. Now in 2021, 63%. 29% of Americans indicate they have no religion, compared with only 16% in 20, I'm sorry, in 2007. In 2007, 56% said religion was very important in their lives. In 2021, this is down to 41%. Let me say that again. 41% of Americans say religion, faith, is very important in their lives. 41%. So, She says we should recall, again, the words of America's first president, George Washington, in his farewell address. And he said this, quote, Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And let us, with caution, indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Whatever may be concealed to the influence of refined education on minds of peculiar structure, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. End quote. We'll put that link in the podcast post at StandUpForTheTruth.com, the link with Kevin Sorbo in the first segment. And now I want to share a tweet that I actually wrote a a recent article about. uh, The article, Calling Evil Good, 
Is the Left Winning the Battle for America's Soul? Now, I, I still might change that title, but let me get into the content of it and what made me write about this. Well, first of all, a recent tweet by President Biden regarding January 6th, which some consider that Ashley Babbitt Day, January 6th and what happened in Washington, D.C. last year and what how the left framed it as an insurrection. Biden said this, I've said it many times, and it is no more true or real than when we think about the events of January 6, 2020. We are in a battle for the soul of America. I'm sorry, January 6, 2021. We are in a battle for the soul of America, he said. Now listen to this. This is Joe Biden, the secular progressive, cozy with the Chinese Communist Party abortion on demand for whatever reason, and all the other godless policies he promotes and endorses. He said this, after just after he got done saying we're in a battle for the soul of America, a battle that by the grace of God and by the goodness and the greatness of this nation, we will win. Really, Joe, um, what exactly happened on January 6th? Well, we know now it was a calculated, pre-planned setup to take down Trump and frame half the American electorate. In case you missed it, Joe continues to claim that he and the Democrat socialists and the left and the globalists have a corner on the market of righteousness and morality in America. The Biden-Harris administration keeps calling evil good and they continue to mock the one true God, while claiming at the same time that God is on their side. This is called propaganda. Again, his quote, we're in a battle for the soul of America, a battle that by the grace of God, by the goodness and greatness of this nation, we will win. Who's we? Who's we? Once again, the global socialists, the Democrat media, and America haters are not letting this manufactured crisis go to waste when it comes to COVID or vaccines, but they also did not let that manufactured crisis of January 6, 2021, to go to waste. But let's go back to the campaign of election season 2020, election time, uh, when Trump was running against Biden. While campaigning against President Trump, Joe Biden's website displayed an interesting phrase in the upper left corner, maybe you remember it, it actually said, Battle for the Soul of the Nation. Hmm, that's interesting. Coming from a man that most people would, even on the left, would say, yeah, he's not really very religious. Um, his religion is, is godlessness or Marxism or uh, socialism. It certainly isn't the biblical Christian uh, religion, the faith in Jesus Christ. Or Anyway, the implication was this. The soul of America is at stake, and those nasty, deplorable, evangelical Christians, conservatives, independents, and Republicans, and freedom fighters, those are the immoral ones. Yeah, those who believe in the Constitution, those who believe in freedom of speech and the Second Amendment. It's clear that we understand and define the word soul very differently. Because the O'Biden Democrats have values, right? Nancy Pelosi has values. But those values, coming with the most obvious abortion, child sacrifice, murder, those values are in opposition with Bible-believing Christians and the Word of God, as we talked about with Seth Gruber yesterday in depth on the podcast. So what did he say last week? And what was the context? Well, he said we're in this moral battle, this war for the nation, for the soul. And the marching orders the left issued were used to frame half the country. We're talking about elderly people that appreciate our nation's founding, appreciate true history in America. We're talking about freedom-loving citizens. We're talking about Christians. We're, yes, we're talking about conservatives. But they're, they're using that to frame us as radical domestic terrorists. What's the modus operandi? Divide and conquer. So, by now, 
um, Joe is saying that America is good and great. And you're thinking, wait a minute, you wouldn't try to dismantle and deconstruct a country that you thought was good. You don't. You would only try to destroy or deconstruct or weaken a country that you think is evil, right? But Joe, in that quote last week, um, Joe said, by the grace of God and by the goodness and greatness of the nation, we will win. Who's we? The left. Who's we? The globalists, socialists, the Democrats, the liberals. That's who he's talking about. Make no mistake. So, oh, okay. So he's now he's thinking, he's trying to get people to think that he believes America is a good nation or a great nation. Why does he want to change it? What about build back better? In order to build back better, you got to deconstruct or destroy something to build it back. You got to take it down in order to lift it back up, right? So, no, he doesn't believe America is great, good. Um, and so, let, one more thing. Don't fall for this rhetoric. Old Joe is pivoting to the center in the hopes that naive, uninformed Americans will believe that he's a moderate. <laughs> a moderate. I'm serious, though. I'm sorry to laugh, but I'm serious. He's trying to get back into that moderate category. Oh, Joe, such a good guy. He's a moderate. Friends, he's godless. In his administration, you clearly see the demonic influence, the antichrist spirit of the age. You can see by his policies. Anyway, Satan and his minions have nothing to do with grace. Please understand, this is a war of worldviews, not politics. On the surface, there are political battles. On the surface, yes, we vote. We do other things. Politically, we try to raise awareness. We try to get the right people with integrity and, and godliness and, and righteousness. Some people are going to really be just and hopefully stand for truth. We try to get those people to run for office. Heidi St. John, we've got her coming on next week. She's running for office out in Washington State. God bless her. There's a lot of Christians that are not a lot, but there are some that are now getting off the bench and into the game in whatever capacity that looks like. But let's go back to this. Um, this article here. So Biden's handlers continue to try pushing the ridiculous idea that Joe is and was a type of savior, like a victor of a holy war. And his election at the time when he was campaigning against Trump, electing Joe, that would ultimately save America, right? Remember, Joe often referred to, you, um, you might forget this, I'll never forget it. In his speeches, he often referred uh, to himself or his a campaign as he bringing healing and light. Who does that sound like, right? Obama. Obama, right? So Joe was bringing healing and light in the campaign speeches that he was suggesting this, attempting to present a false impression that Biden was the moral one to bring positive change and unify the people, right? Trump was that evil a dictator, right? He was Hitler, right? That's what they were saying or suggesting, trying to paint him uh, so that they could uh, try to impeach him. But anyway, so make no mistake, though, when the left refers to unity, when they talk about unifying people, what do they mean by that? Are they going to compromise? Are they going to unify the left and the right uh, political uh, you know, differences, Republicans, Democrats? No. When they talk about unifying or unity, they actually mean submission, very similar to Islam, radical Islam. They don't, I mean, Islam means submission, the word Islam. So just like that, you know, the Democrats also, when they talk about unifying, no, they, they're not going to unify with you. It's all about conquering. It's all about power. It's all about submission, you submitting to them. So they use the Alinsky tactic of demonizing their opponent to distract from the real issues. And as we know, the left has that down to a science. So like the spiritual warfare over the souls of men, there are battles in the heavenly realms over nations because of who's in that nation, because of what they stand for. Um, the enemy hates America because of the God we were once united under and the blessings that, that he gave us. Yes, he did shed his grace on, the, on America. But we don't deserve it anymore. And in fact, we deserve judgment. So just the fact that we are still here and we have a constitution that's being, you know, 
attacked, but that shows the grace of God that he hasn't judged this nation already, fully judged us. Um, Let's talk for a moment about this. Some may wonder how the open hostility toward the Judeo-Christian worldview has become so almost accepted and normalized. Well, let's go back to, in my book, Canceling Christianity, I wrote about this, I think in the, in the chapter on policies, platforms, and procedures toward the end of the book. I quoted author Don Feder. It might be Feder, but it's F-E-D-E-R. He explained why <clears throat> the left hates religion and how the culture war is between the left's neo-Marxist worldview, which has come to dominate the Democrat Party, and the Judeo-Christian ethic. The clash was inevitable. He states this, five points. Number one, Judeo-Christian or biblical morality teaches objective ethics applicable for all time and all places. Leftism teaches that morality is subjective in a constant state of flux and that anything can be justified if it advances the revolution. That's so good right there. That's worth the the gas money right there if you're driving. I'm kidding. Um, Number two, religion puts God above the state. Leftism says the regime is God, the source of all blessings. Government is God. Number three, Judeo-Christian ethics says the natural family is essential for social cohesion. Leftism says the family is whatever we say it is, and it's really not that important anyway. Number four, the Judeo-Christian worldview says God created man and woman and intended for them to complement each other. Leftism says male and female are meaningless concepts and that to, to believe otherwise is bigotry. And number five, Judeo-Christian morality encourages procreation as the first commandment. Leftism says that in a world of global warming, having children is irresponsible and should be limited by law if individual choice isn't enough. So I've addressed how radical, we're talking about morality, right? Morality in the Biden administration. They're saying, yeah, there is a battle for the soul of America. Well, you know, part of that, in part, that might be true. But uh, Joe Biden and the left, they're so far out of the mainstream. Just for his gruesome support for abortion, the most extreme than any other president in history, All in this podcast, I've also exposed his open borders policy, how his party has weakened the American economy uh, and the so-called education system, the military, national defense, trade relations with other countries. Um, I've discussed this and and also his constant promotion of moral relativism. He's pro uh, the entire LGBTQ plus agenda. He has ties to communist China. Uh, He doesn't have America's best interests in mind. And the fact that he has gone on record to demand more Islam be taught in government schools. So we could go on and on and on. But let's talk about morality, Joe Biden. Let's talk about morality, you on the left. And especially if you're a Christian and you support the Democrat Party in any way, their party or platform. If you're voting D in any election, you support the whole thing. I'm sorry, you don't have that selective uh, a detailed vote when you go in. It's either R or D or I, independent, when you vote. So let me close with one of hundreds of great quotes, but there's this one on the topic of righteousness from former President Calvin Coolidge. He once said this, The strength of our country is the strength of its religious convictions. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. More in just a minute on Standard for the Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, guys, welcome back. Uh, let's wrap this up with just uh, maybe touch on a couple of the headlines and articles and just some closing thoughts. Um, I know it's, it's kind of been a rough year or two for a lot of us, but I hope we are learning, and I hope we are, first of all, rooted and grounded in the truth of Scripture above all things. That way we'll be able to put up with everything that's going on all around us. We will not be shaken. I I shared this in the sermon a couple weeks ago I did at church. Psalm 16, verse 8, if I remember it. Um, 
I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Another translation says, I will not be moved. So we need more people of faith uh, to step up. We need, we need help. The, those in the remnant who have been on the front lines and doing the work and trying to speak the truth, raise awareness, and trying to make an impact for righteousness against godlessness and just really trying to just share the truth of Scripture and just even having the ability to continue our free speech here in America. Uh, we've been bombarded. We've been canceled. We've been censored and shadow banned and, and everything else, and we're called all the names, you know. But we need more people to, to continue to uh, fight because this is a spiritual battle first and foremost, as I think we said that in the first segment. Actually, that was yesterday. <laughs> Sorry about that. I get these mixed up sometimes. But um, let's just remember to pray for our brothers and sisters because this is a battle. And we need to continue to, to um, understand the true history of this nation, fight for the U.S. Constitution, the rights we have. First of all, our rights come from God, not government. We, you guys all know that. But we are running out of time. Ephesians 5, I believe 15, says we need to redeem the time because the days are evil. So if the church in America doesn't engage, if more Bible-believing Christians don't get off the cruise ship and jump on the battleship that we are really in actuality on, uh, we're in trouble. The nation may be lost. Um, I, I think it was Seth Gruber off air. We had a conversation yesterday, and he said we, even in the church, but Americans particularly, we are addicted to comfort, and we have this false sense of peace and safety. Where have you heard that before? Peace and safety, security. Um, so the government will not stop because evil doesn't sleep. So we need to decide how we are going to react and how we're going to respond. Respond is the positive way, right? How we are going to respond. Okay. Uh, another article. I just want to mention John Zmirak, great author, a great editor over at thestream.org, stream.org. I don't remember the date on this one. I think it was from last week, but it was the top five freedom fighters of 2021. Just want to mention him without going through the whole thing. Uh, he mentions Steve Bannon, a controversial figure to some, but le leader of the opposition. Uh, he said, remember how weird it was when Fox News joined the rest of the mainstream media in rushing to call ultra-close swing states for Joe Biden in the 2020 election? In ridiculing plausible claims of fraud, and mindlessly accepting transparent, obvious lies, painting then the 99.9% of peaceful protesters on January 6th as terrorists, and it goes on like that. But Steve Bannon, he says, that was uh, he's one of the freedom fighters of 2021. And he, he says there are five, top five. Um, we'll have to link to this article. It's very lengthy. Mike Lindell, uh, we've had him on the podcast. It's been about a year. But we've had him on. What a phenomenal testimony. He was almost murdered. Um, he's a cocaine addict. What a successful businessman now. And he's trying to fight for truth. Um, regardless of where you are politically uh, in this country, knowing the Constitution, you can be thankful for men like Mike Lindell. And uh, John uh, Zmirak says, Mike Lindell is a tough man with a soft pillow. <laughs> And he starts that sentence off, did you ever see Mr. Smith goes to Washington? Anyway, he's talking about Mike Lindell, uh, my pillow, who's created thousands and thousands of jobs for Americans. But um, let's go to number three, and that would be Robert Malone, MD, an inventor with ethics. And you know the story on his, uh, the, the key technology that makes possible mRNA uh, therapies such as the current COVID vaccines, um, just a, an amazing big pharma. And the left was appalled. And it, when this, uh, and it, I, I don't have time to get into the story, but well, you'll have to look that up. Um, number four, number four, Eric Metaxas. We'd love to have him on. He's so busy, though. Eric Metaxas, a voice of conscience. And, of course, Eric is a friend of John Zmirak, so I don't know about that one. But um, let's just read a little brief point here. 
had Eric played his cards right, um, he could have gone the rest of his life getting feted inside the beltway of Washington, D.C. and featured on NPR and reviewed in The New Yorker and consulted by government panels. Instead, Eric came out boldly in support of Donald Trump's presidential run, and he burned countless bridges to elite circles, even in the evangelical world, by supporting Trump in office, speaking his mind about the dubious 2020 election, and more. So, and number five here out of uh, top freedom fighters of 2021, according to John Zmirak, the senior editor of The Stream, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, wow. And, and she is just amazing. Um, controversial, yes. But I appreciate her voice. I appreciate what she stands for. So I just wanted to share that because I, I want to go on to another topic that John Zmirak writes about, a public health dictatorship. He says, no, COVID hasn't vanished. Yes, it's worse in locked down cities like New York and Washington, D.C. Yes, the death rate is higher in places that ruined their small businesses and wrecked children's school years than in open states such as Florida. No, the vaccine doesn't make anyone feel safe. In fact, if it, it is killing thousands. But the elites intent on control for its own sake on a public health dic dictatorship control the flow of information as ruthlessly as the Soviets and much more effectively. Thank you, John Smirak. He continues, though, lockdowns and the vaccines are the five-year plan, which cannot be questioned lest it undermine our elite's authority. Anthony Fauci is the sole source of medical wisdom, his critics must be silenced, lest alternative solutions, alternative solutions discredit him. A single global top-down solution to the virus must be imposed on every nook and cranny of Earth, lest the success of dissenters and their medical free market expose, I'm sorry, uh, and their medical free market expose this massive political scam for grabbing unchecked power. After failing spectacularly to generate prosperity or happiness, collectivism has risen from its Russian grave as the patron of, the, of this Chinese virus, which it uses to threaten us with death. And he says, finally, let's laugh at those threats and the cowards who repeat them. Our faith in the afterlife, will redeem this short life as well. And he sent that out, or it was sent out to me in an email, but um, he does have an article over at this, many articles at the stream. This says, the vaccine is a toxic sacrament of globalism, paternalism, and abortion. Part two, our fascist moment. Look up his writing, guys. I quote him often, John Zmirak. Um, and now let's go to this next article real quick. Another glaring example of cancel culture. Facebook blocks conservative children's book publisher. What's up with this? Well, they perma permanently disabled the ads of a new conservative children's book publisher offering the biographies of President Ronald Reagan, economist Thomas Sowell, and Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. This is unbelievable. No, it's not unbelievable. This is happening across the country. Remember yesterday, um, Kevin Sorbo mentioned he's starring in a new movie about Ronald Reagan with Dennis Quaid, who is playing the president. That's supposed to be out later this year. But it's interesting now, a children's book pub publisher that's offering these bio... Uh, anyway, the social media giant claimed that... Heroes of Liberty violated its rules against, quote, low quality or disruptive content. The question is, is a children's biography of Ronald Reagan no longer permissible on Facebook? We don't know. But apparently promoting one, promoting one of them may well kill a business. Heroes of Liberty editor and board member Bethany Mandel told 
this interviewer, uh, I think it was at Fox Business Sunday, quote, we began investing in Facebook four months before we launched our first book. We invested most of our marketing budget on the platform, and now our budget, the money we already spent, as well as our assets and data are gone. Marketing-wise, we are back to square one. Financially, it's even more challenging. So Facebook locked the ads on the publisher's account a couple days before Christmas. After Heroes of Liberty appealed, Facebook permanently disabled the account just for having the audacity to disagree with them and appeal. This is communism, friends. I know I've said it before. But in a message to the publisher, Facebook wrote, This ad account, its ads and some of its advertising assets are disabled because it didn't comply with our policy on low quality or disruptive content. So a children's book on Ronald Reagan, right? That's disruptive content. Wow, that shows their their politics, right? (sighs) So... Then they did a review, apparently. After a final review of this ad account, we confirmed it didn't comply with our advertising policies or other standards. <laughs> so in other words, they, Facebook came back after they, the company appealed, and they said, yep, yeah, we were right all along. It's our way or the highway. Um, I think we've talked about that with every guest I've had on recently. Uh, I think of Scott Lively. I think of Kevin Sorbo. I think of Seth Gruber. Actually, Seth is still on YouTube. It's, it astounds me for as bold as he is that his U- YouTube channel is still up. Anyway, Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz blasted Facebook again, again, tweeting this. When conservatives start independent publishing outlets and platforms, big tech companies like Facebook now work to destroy them. This latest example is particularly galling. Uh, Former Wisconsin governor, Republican governor, and current Young America's Foundation president, Scott Walker, called Facebook's move another glaring example of cancel culture and said the left does not want to compete in a battle of ideas, so they try to shut us out. He said, we are not in politics. We are in the business of creating beautiful stories about great people that will entertain children and give them life lessons. To cancel children's books? Because they celebrate American values that 90% of Americans believe believe in isn't even anti-conservative bias. It's anti-American. It's pure madness. So we've got to stop it right there. But this news on cancel culture continues. Twitter banned U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who we mentioned earlier. Twitter banned Dr. Robert Malone. Um, let's see. Uh, Joe Rogan ended up moving his social media platform, Getter, according to the Washington Examiner, and more. It goes on and on and on. Keep seeking those outlets, right? Keep seeking those outlets where you're going to be able to find out uh, the truth, where you're going to get actual information that you need that will equip you. Uh, We've got to get ready to wrap it up here, friends, but thank you guys so much. Uh, Sorry we couldn't get to more articles today, but we've just got to mention that uh, on the coming podcast, we're going over to our calendar here before we wrap things up. Um, Where are we? Oh, tomorrow, Thursday already. We've got Dr. Andy Woods, Pastor Andy Woods, uh, down in Texas, Sugarland Bible Church, and he's one of my favorite Bible teachers. He's going to be on. We'll talk about his latest pastor's point of view. And as I've mentioned before, Laura Perry, former transgender, great ministry over there in Oklahoma. Laura Perry will be our guest on Friday. Thank you, guys. As always, God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.